Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. My boyfriend uses Tinder not to speak to other women, but scrolls through their profiles, does not match with them, and screenshots their photos to jerk off to later. He says he doesn't want to jerk off to me because he feels it would be disrespectful. We have a very good connected sex. He is obsessed with my body, and I have no doubt that he will um, that he is immensely attracted to me, but I don't understand this Madonna complex, he call, as he calls it, where he is more comfortable sexualizing strangers than his partner. Do you think his relationship with Tinder is unhealthy or normal? He has um, porn addictions and has Oops. seen po- prostitutes in the past, and I'm on high alert for any other signs of addictive behavior as our relationship grows. Well, my response is that a lot of people don't see porn as a problem. So let's say this is, you said he saw prostitutes. So this is how a lot of people I end up with in treatment. They come in and they say, I've really got a problem with prostitutes and I've been, you know, and I had a few affairs, but they don't see that the porn is a problem because the porn isn't causing problems. So they don't look at the whole picture. They just look at the piece that caused them problems. So if he doesn't think that swiping, if he thinks that swiping through Tinder and jacking off is any different than porn, it's porn, right? Uh, I, we have guys who are there, who are very, who themselves are concerned about Instagram and other places where that you wouldn't consider to be traditional sex sites. But they find pictures, they find whatever they're going to find. So, um, do I think this is unhealthy or normal? I think it's unhealthy. I can vote on that one because previous addictions in this area have been seen. So, if you said to me, you know, to me this is no different than you're saying, you know, my husband nearly drank himself to death drinking wine and it's been a couple of years since he's had any wine but he does have a shot of vodka every once in a while i think i'd be concerned um because he hasn't changed the underlying issue which is running away from his own from his own feelings and from himself with this behavior so um and honestly i hate to say this to you but i wonder about the very connected sex and him being obsessed with my body i trust your feelings it's just that I don't think I want anyone to be obsessed with my body. And it sounds a little bit like you are also the object of some addictive behavior. And I think a lot of partners, oh, he wants me, he wants to have sex with me, he wants to have sex all the time. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, this is gonna replace the acting out or maybe this is what we're missing all along or, you know, and that's not it. You can easily become a replacement. Um, and we have this phrase masturbating into people, which is the idea that you're still the porn object. So. I think all of this is a problem, not just one piece. Uh, it, I, I see the need for some, for some meetings, some therapy, some couples work. Um, this doesn't feel very connected to me, uh, the two people. The, what do you think, Kim? I, I felt intensity. This, is, this feels like a newer relationship, lots of intensity. And even with that, he's still acting out, you know, because he's, you know, scrolling through Tinder and jacking off and, you know, and, yeah, so so all of that to me seems problematic. So I also, if you don't feel comfortable, then something's probably not right. So yes. if you're saying I don't feel comfortable, I don't understand, there's probably something that's not right, and I would vote with that. Yeah, yeah, and 
while it can feel like, oh, he's so into me, like they can feel a little bit like, oh, this is so cool because he's so into my body, you know, get a few years older and then, yeah, and a little longer in the relationship. And then it's not going to be so like, I mean, it's just not. The well, thanks, Grandma. There, so. Yeah, well, I am. So, yeah. I know who okay. you are. So what is the best way for uh, to an SA and PA to learn rigorous honesty and how long does it take to get there in your experience? <laughs> I know why you laughed. Go ahead. Well, okay. So here's the best way. If they're working the 12 steps, they're going to do a step four and they're going to do a step five. And when they do those two steps and then they do six, seven, eight, nine in order, then there's a lot of rigorous honesty that goes on in that. And you are at a completely different level than if you're, you know, pattering around steps one, two, and three. How's that? But yeah, I mean, it takes, it takes time. But the more we learn that being honest is the right choice, the, it, just, it, it takes practice because we're not good at it. But I, honestly, first thought was do a step four because you do a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. That'll get you honest. Working with a sponsor, not by yourself. So, well, I really appreciate your step perspective because I think that's a really concrete thing that people are looking like. How do I do this? This is how you do that. That's why we have twelve step programs. They're actually infer. They're actually guides to not just stopping the behavior but becoming a better person. And in fact, I think meetings and that whole process is a lot of getting what we didn't get in childhood. We really need to, like the rules, what are the rules? Following the rules, you know, I just didn't get that when I was growing up. So um, so one of the ways you learn honesty is how you're parented. Um, we had to reparent ourselves in 12-step meetings. My sponsor's like a parent, you know. Anyway, but I had a feeling, I smile for different reasons because to me, this is a partner saying, how do I teach them? This is my, How do I teach them how to be honest? How do I know when they're gonna be honest? And, you know, I always, you know, if their lips are moving, they're probably not. Um, I don't think that there is not a timeline in how long it takes to get honest. Um, some people are going to get it quickly. Some people are going to get it slowly. Some people will never get it. Um, I think what Tammy said earlier about looking for little clues, you know, I may never be completely honest, but I can go back and clean it up. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh, uh, rigorous honesty means in every area of your life. So, you know, if the person is lying about some other little things. To me, that is just as concerning as the big things. Um, so I don't, I don't think, and, and here's the last one, no one can make that person learn rigorous honesty. And there are people, believe me, there are some people at treatment center who they don't care whether they're honest or not. Honesty is not important to them. So lying and getting away with things is important to them. So um, I think this is an, there is no single answer to this, but I would be looking for what I see them doing and how I see them interacting with me. Um, yeah. And as you said, and it's actions, it's, it's all about actions. Let's moving. It's actions. What are they doing? How are they communicating what they're doing with you? You know, if it's a betrayed partner, like what do you know about their program? I talk to partners all the time and do you know what their relapse prevention plan is? Do you know, do you know how often they're speaking with their sponsor? I mean, what do you know about, you know, what they're doing? It, do you know their password to their technology? I mean, that's a big one right off the bat. Like if they're honest with you, you'll know the passwords. That's, you know, pretty telling. I want to add one thing, the word learn. Um, you know, I pick out words sometimes. Um, I don't need anyone to teach me rigorous honesty. I know 
what honesty is. I can start being rigorously honest right now. You don't have to learn how to be honest. You have to learn whether you have to be willing to be honest. We all know what honest is and what honest isn't, I think. Um, the question is, am I willing to practice it? Because to me, the, the, the question is not, what, what is the best way for us to learn honesty? It's how, what will push us toward practicing honesty? Um, I pretty much know when I'm lying. The question is, when am I going to be honest and consistently honest? That is my decision. I don't need to learn it. I need to practice it. So anyway, that's my. And I'm going to like early on, I was lying to myself too. So I did. Well, not there's know. that. Yeah. So, so like now I do like, absolutely I do. But early on, like, no, I lied to myself. That's true. You know, I deceived myself. So I, so I had, I, I honestly, I had to learn, you know, yes, I knew you know, I, I knew from growing up, you know, right and wrong and all those type of things, but I it was so, so into the deception and denial of my addiction that I completely lied to myself about the harm I was causing myself and everyone else. And, you know, I mean, like right. I can think of a bunch of, uh, of lies that I wouldn't have thought were lies in the moment, you know? Um, so, so I, I, I needed to be taught. So you're right. Well, I think, yes. I, I, I think Hi, I needed to be taught how to be honest with myself. I always knew when I was lying to someone else about that. Um, let's keep and, moving. Yeah. Two years after discovery, 18 months after disclosure, SA husband still in denial, unable to accept himself and admit character flaws. We are stuck in the arguments happen due to denial. If denial still exists, do we have hope and can we make it? Fights are so tough and so frust and frustration level is a hundred. Worried denial will prevent us from making it. Hmm. So what I'm hearing is we get stuck in arguments that happen due to denial. That to me would mean that you see larger truths or you see issues that he is either unable to see or unwilling to see. Uh, I assume it's a he. Yeah. Um, denial is a process of that it's like a tire with a slow leak. It doesn't just, well, it can pop. You can show things to people, but I think in a relationship, it may take time. Um, so I'm curious, Tammy, what would an argument be that is related to denial? I'm not sure I, I did you do this, I didn't do this. Well, um, yeah, I'm wondering if it's like denial about, um, uh, you know, current behaviors, I guess that would be, yeah, but, but, but I'm also going, you know, so, so here's what I was thinking. Are the fights, like the fights are so tough. They're tough on you. You know where it's going. Like when you start a fight, I bet if you just stopped and visualized, you know, it's going to be, uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be a no win because nothing's going to change. So if you extricate yourself from the fight, not saying that his behavior is okay or the denial is okay, but, but what do you need to do to take care of you? If you know you continuing to point out that he's in denial and he's you know like right. that does not appear to be working, you know. So so what what can you do differently? You know that takes care of you regardless of what right. he's doing. I remember Dr. Rob, you talked about you know um, uh, this was years ago when you know you had a group of partners and you uh, shared that you know uh, they they were doing the I'm you know I'm out of here and all that and you had right. somebody yeah. Can you, can you share the rest of that story? Sure. I was running a partners group. Um, and so I had, and this is women. So I had about seven or eight women in group and the woman, right. And they were introducing themselves. They're going around the group. And the woman who was next to me was fairly young and fa in a fairly new relationship, three, four years. And she said, you know, if he ever does this to me again, I'm going to leave. Like that's it ever once. And I said to her, well, why would he ever tell you 
that he had done it. If the answer is, if he admits that he's going to leave, like that's not going to be a very good way of getting the truth. You know, um, do you want me to go to the rest of the story, Tim? Yeah, because it's the uh, the more the the more right. the person who has been around. So right. So we kept going around the circle, and the someone who was a little bit older and had been in a relationship a little bit longer and uh, had been around a little bit longer. Um, she said, you know, um, I've been coming around seven years or whatever the support group. And three years ago, my husband had an affair with his secretary. And this was five years into recovery. And the woman across the room who said, I'm going to leave if he tells me he's ever done this before, said to her, how could you stay and let her do this? How could him do this? How, wh why, why didn't you leave? Now you went through five years of recovery and this happened again. How could you stay? And I love this woman. She said, you know, why would I blow up my life? Because he made a mistake or because he screwed up or whatever, like, I'm not going to leave my home. I'm not going to give away all, half my money. I'm not going to, he can go get better and I'm going to live my life and, you know, we'll work it out or we won't. And I really like that idea of, you know, the higher, the higher thing is not whether we work it out in this moment. There's a bigger question here. So Tammy, can you explain? Oh, well, I want to say something else about this question before you. I, Feel free. You, fights are so tough and the frustration is a hundred percent. So it's not the addict who's writing this. It's the partner. Is the addict right. feeling 100%? Are, are they, are they, so, sorry. It's exactly what Tammy said, which is if you don't want to fight, stop fighting. If you don't want to be frustrated, stop going into situations that are frustrating. You know, until you see him get where he needs to get for you to feel comfortable, keep some distance. You get to control how you feel and the situations you put yourself in. And if he's not where you are hoping he will be, I don't think you're going to change him by telling him what he's missing. Um, you have to take care of yourself. So yeah, I agree. And that, that was my point with the whole story is like, you need to oh, take care of you despite right. whatever he's doing or not doing, you know, cause right. I, you know, she had, she, you know, she'd put, um, uh, I moved him out of our bedroom cause it, I, you know, he tried to convince me of things that are not true only to serve him. He does not want to feel and denies or minimizes, which makes me crazy. And I'm going like, he's going to keep doing what he's doing. You know, you taking care of you, what, what do you need to do? So that you don't like that you are not um, uh, having to re react to that. So <laughs> with the serenity prayer, you know, um, it's it was my mantra many times. And what do I have control over? My actions and reactions. It's the only thing I have control over. I have control over no one else. N and trust me, like I'm a control freak. I'd like to, but it doesn't work out for me. And so what do I have control over? My actions and reactions. And if I act instead of react, so I'm just looking for how can you create some safety for you so that when that's happening you go okay he's gonna you know he's gonna do this he's gonna deny i'm gonna go call my support friend here and you know or i'm going out to coffee i'm 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 going to take myself away from that situation because because i know at the end of the day with this fight i'm just going to end up feeling rotten and that doesn't serve you so so my point is I want you to have help to support you regardless of what the addict does or doesn't do. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. And I also think that um, I wrote something down. I hear a lot like um, you're not who I want you to be, or you're not who I thought you were, or, and this feels a little bit like that. Like um, I want you to become the person I thought you were, or I want to, I mean, they are who they are. They got denial. You can't fix that. They are not clear with themselves. You can't like you can't you cannot fix them in that way. They have to find their own way um, because otherwise I'll just get defensive. And the more you 
challenge me about what I don't see, the more I'm going to shut down, the more I'm going to go in the corner and try to back away from you. And then you're going to argue with me. <laughs> so um, anyway, I, I, I don't know how much denial is there because sometimes partners will say, you're not getting this and we are getting it. It's just not on your timeline or the way that you would want us to get it. So remember that there are two people who have emotional issues going on here. These aren't just about facts. Yeah, yeah. And you can only care for you. So, so hang in for you. So, okay, next question. I'm the betrayed partner of a sex and porn addict. In previous Q&A, you mentioned the phenomenon of how betrayed partners, when they are able to connect deeply with their partners, then find this closeness makes them rebound and put up walls. Can you discuss this in more detail and provide some recommendations for betrayed partner in dealing with these roller coaster emotions? Um, There's a lot of roller coaster emotion questions tonight. That is so true. That That is this this journey so well that's what it is and and sadly i i work with partners so you know when is this going to stop and I, I have to say this is your new normal you know you're going to be on that ride for a lot a lot longer than you want to be um for sure um i have to say something about this um so the question is about um how you as partners will go toward and then back up and first of all i don't think that your roller coaster emotions are what they are and you're you can't stop yourself from feeling what you're feeling and even if they seem honest and you don't you doubt them that's what you're feeling you know you have to trust what you're feeling so um but it's not unusual for you guys to engage in what we call ambivalent love which is sometimes you love us when you look over at us and we're doing whatever we're doing you think oh that we used to have good times when we're doing that together now and then you look over at us and you hate us because you remember what we did to you and you ruined our lives and i mean we ruined your lives and so you guys go back and forth between we're a terrible person we ruined your life and we're a wonderful person you love us and you can't really hold on to either one you kind of end up with both and so that's part of the rebound is when i feel really close to you and really loving with you I'm making myself vulnerable and I'm allowing myself to feel for you like I used to feel for you. And that is scary. Letting yourself be vulnerable and, and feel close to someone who hurt you is going to bring up it's the opposite. So you're going to start feeling close. You're going to start feeling good. And, and parties could say, wait a minute, that's how I got hurt was by trusting this person, was feeling good with this person. I need to go over here and protect myself. And so we kind of go back and forth between I'm closer to you, I want to be close. Oh, wait a minute, that's really, really scary. I better go over here and be distant. Wait a minute, I kind of miss them. And that's part of the roller coaster. And there's not a whole lot you can really do about it except, 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 except that this is your reality right now. Um, Tammy? No, I, I mean, I think that's a, a really good explanation. But but I also think, you know, we've talked about this before too, having times where the two of you can talk about like in a safe space for 20 minutes. It's not like any time, you know, right. but like having a, a safe space and go, you know, um, the story I'm telling myself when, when you, when this happens, the story I'm telling myself is, you know, that, that you're abandoning me or whatever it is, you know, but, or the story I'm telling myself when, when we're close is, you know, um, that, that you love me and you care about me and you want to connect, I mean, whatever it is, but, you know, I think, um, having the ability to talk about those things, not in the moment, um, um, you know, or, or right. and it, honestly, with couples therapy, you know, this is this is the kind of stuff. You know, when when it feels like the rebounding things, those are are valid things to talk about in 
you know, in with a qualified therapist too, to, you know, how do, how do we navigate you putting up a wall? I don't want to crash in on your walls, but you know, how, how do we navigate that space between us? So. So recommendations, um, go to some betrayed partners groups for sure. Make sure you're listening to how other partners feel. It's really helpful to see them in the roller coaster. It makes you feel less alone and less crazy. And maybe a couple of those partners are a little further ahead than you and they found some peace and some way to move forward and they can help you. The more, I mean, Tammy says this all day long, relationships, relationships. You know, the, the hard part is you cannot depend on your best friend anymore. You know, this was the person, I don't know about you, but in my marriage, who's the first person I go to? The refrigerator died today. Who did I call? Before I called the refrigerator repair person, I called my spouse, you know? So this is the person I depend on. And now you have to keep distant and you have to, because you can't fully trust. That doesn't mean you, but you still need people to be close to and you still need people to rely on. It just can't be this person for a while. And so part of the roller coaster and slowing it down is finding people for yourself who can really support you and you will together slow down the roller coaster. Um, yeah. I, I think I have, to, I love roller coasters, not this kind, but um, I think I'm going to well, like paddleboarding. I mean, you I know. like adventure. Yeah. Like I want to skydive. Yes. I and I want to make yeah. candles. So there you go. All. Okay. I'm going to write a blog about roller coasters. Okay. Next question. I'm a female sex addict since I was five years old, currently 32 porn addiction started at around 12. I'm, mm -hmm. I, uh, I am in individual therapy about to go into trauma work, attend weekly 12 step meetings, oh. have a temporary sponsor, reading the big book, doing the steps, et cetera. My husband is aware of my addictions and the extent of them. He is also a porn addict in recovery. This year I have had 16 relapses so far. My cravings can be so strong and withdrawal symptoms. Do you have any tips for me? Well, something's not working right? I mean, it's only half the year is gone, maybe two thirds and 16 relapses in, in, you know, that's basically like three a month or something. So um, number one, something's not working and whether, and it isn't about your marriage, it's something in your process. And the one thing that I respond to as a therapist is my cravings can be so strong and my withdrawal symptoms. And it does make me think about other issues like depression or anxiety. You know, I, I know a lot of, I do have clients who they try as hard as they can and they just can't get sober. And then, you know, they see psychiatrists, they get on a medication for anxiety or, or depression or whatever it is they need, bipolar. And then it's a lot easier for them. I mean, recovery, you can get recovery without mental health support, but if you've got mental health issues, recovery is a lot harder. And so if it were me and I was really felt honestly inside of myself that I was doing the best that I could in my meetings, in my support groups, in my sponsor, I really was doing everything I could. And in my heart of hearts, I felt that way. And you're relapsing three, four times a month. I think you might need a higher level of help, whether that's a residential treatment center or it's a seeing a psychiatrist. I think the way that might be helpful for all of you is that when I'm struggling with addiction, I up the ante. So if I'm going to meeting and I'm struggling, well, then I might go to two meetings. If I'm going to two meetings and I'm struggling, I might go to two meetings and a therapist. I might go see a therapist and go to two meetings and then go to a therapy group. Uh, you know, in other words, as I struggle, I raise the ante. Then maybe I'm going to three meetings a week. Then I might need to go to a workshop or a residential program because those things aren't working. So having 16 relapses and it's only September would mean to me that you need more whether it's more meetings, more therapy, some psychiatric help, um, residential, you know, but what you're doing is not working. Um, and I'm impressed that your husband is willing to 
tolerate this. I assume his being an addict makes it easier for him. Um, anything, Tab? Yeah, the attending weekly 12 steps, like I lived in 12 ah. steps, you know, once a week would never have been enough. I did throw in the chat, uh, Lulu Cook did a great video on foods and it, it's about reducing cravings. And I was like, it was so helpful because there are certain foods that it, if we eat, they help us. And I thought, man, if you had just a little more bandwidth, you know, could that help? So I threw that in the chat. Um, uh, take a look at that. But but there's a women's um, uh, drop-in group uh, free on sexandrelationshiphealing.com every Tuesday night. Uh, Lacey Bentley um, has that. I think they, they do peer support within that group. And Lacey's a coach. You, I mean, get more. Um, I hear you're doing some trauma work about to get into trauma work and that could be triggering for you but you know hopefully you get um some stability working through the trauma you know the female sex since five years old you know like you know i've got i've got a grandchild that's five you know like i think about that such a tiny vulnerable age and you know how difficult this journey has been for you so i'm thrilled you're here you know there is help and support i think i'd thrown um the book i did at the beginning of the of the group there i threw the there's some books by females sex addicts on on our site there's podcasts with dr rob on sex love and addiction with female um, sex and love addicts so please join um you know do more 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 um uh, you know any of the webinars you know the, like this dr david has one um on wednesday night there's another one wednesday morning there's a series you know um there's lots so do more you know keep do hanging more. in there don't give up don't give up so i think you'll You'll get there. I, I want to acknowledge this person's courage. Yeah. I don't think it's easy to come up to this space and say I'm struggling. And I really admire that um, in you, especially as a woman's willingness to do that. Um, I think that's great. And there's actually a male partner group on Tuesday nights too. So, ah. so I, I forgot to mention that, but your husband, there's a safe space for him as well. So um, anyway, that's, so we have time for one more. Okay. Thank yes, you for your service. My husband has been in recovery for three years. He attends a 12-step SA meeting weekly. He sees a CSAT now. I'm working ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics in Dakota, and really working the steps. However, I do not trust my husband to not lie to me. How can I better recover more how can I better recover more quickly and get to the point of trust again? I feel like the crazy one. Help. Well, I did write a book for you and it's called uh, Pro-Dependence. And I say that because you go to CODA. And while this is not going to resolve your problem with your husband, people who go to CODA have a lot of uh, judgment about what's wrong with them and what they did wrong and how they need to do it differently. And um, what is it about their childhood that left them with this person? Or what is it about their childhood left them staying with this person? And really, I don't think it's necessary for you to examine everything about yourself to understand why you loved or stayed with this person. So um, I do think pro-dependence would be helpful for you to understand. Maybe you're Maybe you're healthier than you realize. Um, maybe you're healthier than you realize. Um, so I wouldn't trust this person not to lie to me either. So I wonder why you're questioning, you know, if someone's lied to me extensively, I don't know that I ever fully trust that they're not going to lie. I have a story about that, but we don't have time for it. Um, but I, I wonder why you would be blaming yourself for not yet trusting or not trusting. You may never trust in the same way. You know, we say betrayal is like a plate. You know, uh, you can... Betrayal is like a broken plate. You'll, you can put it back together and glue it, but you'll always see the crack. It will never be the same trust. So 
Um, Tammy, you're gonna, you got something on your head about that. Oh, I do. I, it's like, here's what I'm reading. Three years and he attends a 12-step essay meeting Eight. weekly, one right. meeting a week. I wouldn't trust him. Um, and he's now seeing a CSAT. Like three years into the process, he might be starting to address the underlying issues. I love 12-step. I Believe me, I love 12-step. But a 12-step, so one hour a week to attend to something that's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week issue and it, that's just peer support. So love it. You know, has he worked the 12 steps? What is his relapse prevention program? Has he joined any of our work groups? We have the porn addiction uh, level one starting on Saturday. We have got the next sex addiction one starting October 2nd. What has he done? If it's just a 12 step, your gut is telling you that this person is not, you know, is not there yet. You know, so I actually trust your gut um, that he's not, Right. He's not, he's not truthful yet. So, but well, maybe he's I, um, doing a whole bunch of other things and you just didn't have time to put it in here. Yeah. I mean, uh, in recovery for three years, what does that mean? You know, what does in recovery mean? I know what it means to me. I also know a lot of people who say, oh, I'm in recovery. I'm going to a meeting, leave me alone. You know, so I think, and again, you spouses, I don't think you need to know every single detail about our lives. I know you want to, but one thing you do need to know is what are we doing for recovery? And I say to the guys, guys from, come through our treatment center. We create a map. What are you going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? And there's something or multiple things on every day before they leave us, we create that plan. And then I recommend they put it on the refrigerator if they're in a relationship. So you can walk by and say, oh, it's four o'clock on Thursday. He or she should be doing this. And they are. So the more concretely you can see what we're doing, the more you're going to go, okay, I don't have to worry about this because I can see that they are doing it. And for some reason, addicts kind of like want to hide or, well, you don't need to read my plan. You didn't, you do need to know a lot about my recovery. You don't need to know what we talked about in that meeting. You don't need to know people's names, but you should know a lot about my recovery and what the process is. Cause that's the only way you're going to start to feel safe with me is learning what I'm learning and hearing what I'm doing and all of that stuff. So, um, Tammy, it's been a pleasure. It has been to, I'm, we're sorry. Yeah. We didn't get through all the questions. We'll be back. One more um, thing. Yeah. You and a friend of mine, Charlie Rizian, did this wonderful thing on the steps. We did, yeah. And a lot of people are asking about, you mentioned the steps. Is there a link to this? Was it podcast or you did a, a video? We right? did videos. We did a whole series of videos. So I'm going to tell you where it is on sexandrelationshiphealing.com, all spelled out under the resource tab, which is way to the right. Um, you'll see video resource library. And you'll see that and other things, but there's all, it says 12 step videos and you'll see the lovely Charlie Rizian and there, you know, it's labeled, you know, there's step one, there's step two. So, and she broke it down. It, like I've been in the program a lot. She broke it down word by word. And I was like, wow. And then I'm going to give you one more resource. And, and Kristen Snowden has been going through um, Life Anonymous, which is 12 steps. So for partners that are going, what is all of this stuff? It's a great mm -hmm. deep dive for people who are not addicts. And, and we're going through once, a, you know, one a month. So all the videos are on sexandrelationshiphealing.com under the resource previously recorded webinars and on YouTube, but you'll see all of hers. So this is, um, this is September. So you'll have her ninth step um, this month. So we're, we're doing all that. It's great information. Always email me, T-A-M-I at seekingintegrity.com if you've got questions. One more quick thing. 
I think a lot of partners don't know or may not, what is a 12-step meeting? What happens in the 12-step meeting? What are these steps? If you're not doing it, you may not know. And I think that's a great question for here, which is what happens in those meetings and what is a sponsor and what are these steps and what does it mean that they're doing this? I think that's something, Tammy, we could spend some time with because not everyone goes to meetings, especially partners. That's, so that's true. That but do find list. those, I think those resources, I think you'll get so much more information in a non-threatening you know, threatening way. I mean, it's not like you have to go sit in a nest meeting, so. Thank you for listening to this episode of Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.